0: chapter 18 Jesus says what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off and if he finds it truly I tell you he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off in the same way your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish In this episode of the Loom Rooms podcast, we talk to Michael, a man who once counted himself lost to a life of crime and drug addiction, and through God's grace at work in him, he's now an ambassador for Jesus. We discuss his life up to the point of his radical transformation, and how through the Holy Spirit, he is quickly becoming the amazing man his father in heaven always intended him to be. My name's Mark, I'm your host today, and welcome to the Loom Rooms podcast show. Hello and welcome to the Loon Rooms. My name's Mark. I'm filling in for Matt today who couldn't be with us and we're here today with an amazing man of God, Michael Hall. He's a dear friend of mine. I've known him now for three to four years and been walking with him in Jesus for the last two or three years. We just wanted to have a chat with Mike today and find out about his life story, about his testimony, and also how God snatched him from the fire and basically helped him to turn his life around.
1: So, my name's Michael Hall. When was the
0: first time you got arrested then?
1: We got nicked for nicking fireworks out of the uh, back of a shop right. in Stalford. Got a caution for that. Uh, I think I was 14 then. That was the first one. I think I'd done a couple of shop fifth. Uh, I think I, I remember a. Uh, I remember my dad coming to get me because when you're under, right, when under 16, you have to have a parent yeah. to have to be with you in the interview. And uh, I got arrested for stealing a chocolate orange at Waitrose one morning. <laughs> I got in trouble with my dad for that because uh, he had to leave work and come and get me out for that. But it just kept building up, and the more I did it, the more I got softened to, you know, getting arrested. The more I, f- I didn't think any anything of it, you know, I didn't have any fear of police, and it just got more and more, you know, it just grew and grew in me. Just being lost, man, just doing what I wanted to do, really. Not having I think it's for any authority.
0: It's quite worrying how we can become anaesthetized yes. to our behavior and the things we do when we're lost in the world. Speaking from personal experience, without going into any detail, you do get numb to what to the gravity of what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? So, moving forward, then, when did you get in trouble with the law seriously?
1: I ended up getting drunk one day. I was with a couple of others and um just randomly, I don't know why, I'd just be led to do stupid things, and I, and I ended up punching this, um, innocent guy that was walking, I don't know where he's going, but he's just walking through this park we was in, and, um, and I hit him, and, um, he had glasses, I remember them just spinning off, and I remember bragging about it, he went to the floor, and, um, there was a couple of other, there was two other guys with me, and, um, I didn't, I didn't, like, want to, I didn't do it to rob him and that, and I didn't do it to... Like try and take anything of him I think one of them tried touching his pockets or something but he got up and run to the police station and um, obviously uh, me not knowing this we went to the train station um, about half hour after and they obviously the guy that I hit was looking for us in with the police and they came to the train station and arrested us there and I, I didn't realise how serious this was um, yeah. then so this was the first time that I got arrested and they didn't give me bail they held me in to go to court so I was in the police station I think two or three days then with the other two that committed the offence with me um, so it was attempted street robbery but um. you know honestly I didn't I didn't um, intend I was just showing off and hit him I didn't intend which is wrong which is wrong enough as it is I didn't intend to rob him or steal him steal anything from him but um, my dad come to me bless him my dad's always been supported of me I thank you so much Lord for blessing me with good family you know and and um, he came, I remember going up from the docks, you come up from the, up the stairs to the courtroom and it's, it's quite daunting really being down there. I'm only, what was I, 16 I think, um, and there's the other guys down there that have been arrested and they're all going to prison, a lot of them, and they're handing out fags to us because you could smoke down there then. And I thought it was quite cool a little bit, you know, but I was also, I remember fear creeping in of prison, this is getting serious now. Um but I think I just sh- shook it off, you know. And we were, I went back up, went up there, and we all got bail. By the grace of God, I got bail. And um, and I went, my dad was there, and I was, so, I was so pleased that my dad was there to come and pick me up, bless him. <sighs> yeah, and um, I went back to, to my dad's to live. I got bail from that court. I had to have an address. I think they gave me a tag. Yeah, they gave me a tag, a curfew tag. So I had to be at my dad's and inside, I think from seven o'clock at night. Right, okay. And... Um, I think I ended up cutting that tag off after a week or two and just just going really downhill and and then another time it was a about a couple of months after I got caught um at my mum's next door neighbour's house I went I climbed in through the window I've and again I think just trying to nick not a lot just a bit of cash to go and buy cannabis or or weed with and um a police officer lived next door to her and she heard someone rooting around in the house. So as I'm climbing out of the window, coming out, she's nabbed me and, and I got arrested for that. And I got bail again, luckily enough. But I think I, I had to go to court a couple of months later from them, and that's when I got sent to prison. And um,
0: is this juvenile or?
1: Yeah, juvenile. So I was sixteen, turning seventeen at this time. I think it was ju- about November, just before Christmas. It was um, October, November. I think two thousand and one, two thousand and two. So I got, I got given 20 a twenty-four. Yeah, I got given a twenty-four month sentence. So you have to do half, and. Um,
0: so you're in for one year
1: yeah it's in for a whole year man and uh i went to uh warren hill hollisley bay um no tvs in the cell it was really oh, it was a complete eye-opener to me it was um was it like it was an old shocking. old it was horrible yeah old sort of prison sort of prison. thing was it? yeah it's been there so you, th- you had a couple of prisons around there obviously i was in the young prison yeah. um, below 18s and under and uh i think there's an adult prison a bit further down the road but yeah, there's a lot of violence in there, um, which I wasn't much of a violent person, you know. Um, I'd show off and do stupid things when I was drunk, but, um, so, you know, sober, I wasn't like that. And, uh, funnily enough, my friend that I committed the crime driving, a, when we drove through, the uh, crashed into the shot. He was in there. Really? And, uh, yeah, he was a couple of cells down from me, and... Um, and yeah, it was. Uh, anyway, it was just it was horrible in there. It was, um, but I remember sort of praying in there though, um, just to shine a bit of light in it. I remember because it was dark, you know. And um, there were times where we went to church. I didn't go to church in this prison though. When I when I did prison sentences further on in my life, I went to church all the time and did yeah. Bible groups.
0: Um, so this s- po- this point, you you don't know God, obviously. No, but you've th- got you've got a, an idea. Would I, Would it be right to say that you've got? An idea of his presence, or you're sort of starting to definitely, explore the fact that there yeah. is a God. I'm
1: exploring, yeah. and uh, I was praying for protection from him because I'm desperate right. at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, please, I was scared, man. Right. And, uh, I was. I used to pray for protection over myself and just to just to get through. I mean, a year's a long time. It doesn't yeah. sound long when you say it,
0: but you know, twelve months is a long time. So, you know? You, you said you 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 were scared. Mm, did definitely. you did you have to put up a front? pretending you weren't scared yeah definitely because it's obviously a misconception with guys that get into trouble that you know are quite violent or they confront up to people that mm. they're not scared but I think that's a lie isn't it I think-, I
1: think there's definitely always fear there 100% I think you channel and learn it I mean as we said earlier you numb yourself to it the more times yeah. you you get in fights and be violent I think you get numb to it and you, the fear sort of goes or you're yeah. channeling it in a different way yeah but um thank god I didn't get in many squat I had a i think one or two scraps not not nothing major uh, in there there was a lot of bullying though a lot because there was no telly it was just books and or whatnot there's a lot of shouting out the windows shouting out the doors they used to call it terrorizing you so if you i remember the first night in there was all shouting at me oh new boy new boy sing me happy birthday it's my birthday if you're not gonna do it i'm gonna do this to you in the morning Wow. and uh, i remember my friend though shouting up to me he just said michael be quiet i was tempted i was gonna sing them happy birthday i was scared Um, yeah yeah but um, i remember coming out in the morning and a couple of them were quite you know big big guys you know i was was quite a small stature back then yeah um but yeah man so you 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 were in there
0: for a year you came out yes then what happened i
1: felt like everyone had changed but it wasn't it was me um i come out speaking like with a london slang sort of um You know, uh, you get me and all this sort of stuff. But I thought, I thought, like I thought, my mum had changed, and but it wasn't. Looking at it now. So that year
0: inside, that year inside, did you? It hurt. It it did hurt. It it change you for the worst, or you know, you picked up what did what happened? So when I
1: came out, I thought, I thought I had more credit, more street credit. I've been in prison, so uh, you know. in A stupid way, you know. I thought, yeah, you know, which people did? Oh, you've been in prison now, Mike. And I felt a bit sort of more ego, you know. Um, yeah, and then I did, I got sucked back into the to the but I was a bit older now, so be out in the pubs drinking life now. And then obviously, cocaine and women. I remember actually getting with um, a girl that I was with at school. I'm just gonna go on this line quickly because I remember getting heartbroken from this, and this is where. I sort of went into um, heroin a year or two later.
0: How old were you at this point?
1: I'd come out, I was 19. Yeah, so 19, so I'd say a year later, about 20. Right. I was with her for about a year and a half, two years, uh, on and off. It was um, it was quite wild sometimes, but then it was really loving a lot of the times. And, um, you know, with First Loves, you've got the blinders on, haven't you? Yeah. And, uh, I used to live at hers. She had a little child and everything, but I was still lost, and she was a bit as well, you know. Um, She's you... she fostered and everything. Right, go on. So she was a bit of a lost one as well, and. Um, And yeah, we used to, we used to do drugs there as well. And um, yeah, so, so. Um, but anyway, I fell in love with her and we ended up splitting up after a year and a half, two years. Um, So I'm about, say, 22 now, 21, 22. She fell pregnant as well with my first, I really loved to have a child. I really wanted a child. And I always, um, always thought I would have when I was younger then, you know, and she fell pregnant. And um, we was planning and having the, everything was good and and I don't know why, but she went to her mum's. She already had a child, by the way. She come back from her mum saying, "I'm not ready to have another child. I'm gonna terminate the child." And and I couldn't do anything about it. I remember being with her the night before she went for the operation to have a termination. I was trying to talk her out of it, but she she wouldn't. I did hit home the next day, and I could just see where the enemy comes in. The devil is just such a snake man i ended up staying at um, a friend's from school and and i sort of knew that he used to do heroin but i knew nothing really about the drug you know you'd see it on the films train spotting or something but I, no, uh-huh. I wouldn't understand I didn't have any understanding of it and um i stayed around his and he used to smoke it on the foil and he offered it to me i remember smoking just a little bit not a lot because it's so powerful this drug you only need a little bit and uh, it just took away the pain i think i was sick you're sick the first time you do it after that it was like a euphoric sort of um pain relief i remember just being warm and i used to itch my skin but it was such a nice feeling oh it gives me shivers now. and um yeah no it just took away all of that you know and that's what drugs do they just, just are just a temporary lie that just comfort you in that hour or or couple of hours and then and then you need more. <laughs> but yeah. looking back, when you're young, you don't know these things. You just think that's it. You know that I'm, you don't think of after. You just think in the moment, and um, that spiraled. That totally spiraled. So um, when you
0: when you say spiraled, no, oh, the crime
1: is... um, and and with it as well. So you've got to have it every day. If not, you go cold turkey, which is a really horrible, horrible feeling, cold turkey. You can't do anything. You're climbing, it's horrible. It's really horrible. And uh, people taught me how to shoplift to get money to get the drug. So it was like a new life adventure in itself really looking at it. Because you used to go, you couldn't get the drug like you can locally now. You used to have to go up to London to buy it. And even that was exciting. I'd go out with a group of guys, we'd shoplift, stuff that we knew we could sell up london there used to be this den in tottenham Hale, um really dark you'd go in there and there would be all smoke in the air these ex-gangsters in there playing cards there'd be stacks of cash on the table all of them wearing rings well most of them i remember this guy in there um he'd always buy stolen stuff from Marks and Spencer. So if you nicked any clothes, he'd give you a quarter of the total amount. So if I nicked a whole rack of, say, jeans and they're uh, £35 a pair, and there's, I don't know, say 20 pairs there, he'd give me a quarter of that total amount.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, just quick money, quick money. And yeah. um, it was easier to shoplift back then than what it is now. Don't get me wrong, it did get harder years along. And yeah, the crack as well. So talking about the cracks, so co- cracks cocaine washed up into a purer form. So they take all when you cook it up with this um, chemical called ammonia, it takes all the because when they when they um, produce cocaine, they mix it up with all sorts of horrible stuff. So when when you cook it up into crack, it takes all that horrible stuff out. So it's in a in a purer form, the rock yeah and you smoke it and it's just like an instant instant sort of ecstasy that ecstasy that would last for a couple of hours this would last for 10 minutes but it was like a massive hit of euphoric sort of it's hard to explain man just a massive
0: buzz I didn't realize until fairly recently that basically people with addiction buy cocaine crack cocaine and heroin together yeah yeah, i didn't know that until a couple of years ago really because the crack
1: when you smoke the crack it's um it's a massive buzz as i say it doesn't last long 10 say half an hour max the buzz but then your mind comes down it comes down and 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 it's like um, it's like a hangout it's really horrible it's like a paranoid massive come down horrible you feel like h- everyone's watching you you look like absolute it's horrible but you ended up smoking we ended up smoking heroin to level out that right so okay. you have to have it hand in hand you should can you take, smoke the crack
0: you take the crack first and then yeah, the heroin right, afterwards mate. right that's okay right, mate. Yeah. I didn't know that
1: and then before you know it you get physically addicted to the heroin and then um, which I never thought you know being younger we used to look down on them bless them but now I know that you know, just lost people looking for love, like I was, you know. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, man, it just that it got me. The claws got in me, and um, that really did take a, y- a lot of years of uh, of my life. And um, it's sort of just because it's like looking, it's like a blur now. The early days of it. Um, and then obviously obviously I'm shoplifting so going on um, I'd be racking up my charges with the police yeah. um, you've seen my record I've got over yeah. 100 offences on my record for yeah. shoplifting which is a lot but looking at it 10 years um, there's a lot that i got away with as well so I'm just trying to recall the first time I went so, to prison for yeah, I was going to say so eventually
0: um, these charges yeah. they rack up they catch up with you, and eventually you get sentenced. Yeah, yeah. So how old I, are you at I this point now?
1: So I, am, I'd say twenty-four. Or, this is
0: the when you. This is the first time you do real. Yeah. Adult bird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I only because shoplifting, you'd only get a small sentence. Right. So okay. um, my first sentence was four weeks do two. <laughs> right. Okay. So I went yeah. into Chelmsford. Uh, I, I got shared a cell with a another guy that was he was more cold turkey than me this is where I was just learning about it more about. Yeah, yeah. he was in the stage of cold turkey and more he used to inject and he was really bad he was uh, being sick a lot in the cell and I had to share a cell with this guy he'd sleep most of the time but um it was really horrible. I was in Chelmsford Prison and we was on um, the old wing and it was really dark, dingy, like, just horrible, man. Prisons back then were just sort of just getting out of the stage of... You Victorian. Know, that, that horrible. Yeah, it was horrible, man. And uh, thank God I was only in there two weeks, but I'd clean up. So um, later on in, like in, in in the addiction life, um, I'd get prescribed methadone yeah. where you wouldn't go cold turkey. You'd get prescribed that. You wouldn't go cold turkey, but... You'd have to stay on that medication,
0: yeah,
1: which I don't, th- you know, I understand using it. Um, you know, it does has, have its good sides. Um, but yeah, so, um, I come clean out of there, I got clean, I come out, and um, the law, my, my life was just broken, so I was going in jail for two weeks. And then I come out just to a broken life again. I'm just totally lost, man. It's just really just didn't have a sense of normality at all at this stage. I was just living for the pub on a Friday night or living for bars or the next bars. Yeah, I know that feeling. You know, trying to find love, man. I was living to meet a nice girl and hopefully she could pull me out of the pit of misery that I was in. Do you know what I mean? And it never happened. And Anyway, I'd end up finding people, users again, um, that are using the drug and... Um, and uh, it just went round again I'd end up shoplifting there's only a amount of times you have to get lucky every time they have to get lucky once and to catch her and then obviously you've been in prison so they send you to prison again so you, then I'd get four weeks this time I think I was in Woodhill this time uh, yeah. Milton Keynes newer prison but still same sort of stuff um yeah and then coming out getting clean again so i've been in prison over 10 times so the last time i went in which was what coming up to five years ago now i nearly got a year again so six i had to do five months so just under a year 10 months do five which is still relatively small you know but um this is high-value shoplifting, so I'd go, into, um, I'd go into a Tesco's or Sainsbury's or something. I'd have a driver at this stage, and it was different now because you didn't go up London. All the drug dealers, they call it county lines, where yeah. they come and sit in towns, smaller towns like yeah. here, and sell the drugs. And um, I'd, I went in Tesco's, loaded up a trolley full of drinks, spirits, even tellies, and uh, I'd walk out, and they was all waiting for me outside because they had me on CCTV for... Other high value fests yeah. I'd done in there before, and um, there was like 20 of them. I didn't have a chance. I tried fighting, they'll pin me down. And, this is this uh, the police now? Yeah. Uh, all, no, 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 no. This is all Tesco workers. Oh, right, and then okay. they had me on the floor until police come. Right, okay. And um, I was horrible, man. It was just like, oh, I'm going to prison again. It was a couple of days before New Year's Eve, and it was just like, uh, looking at it, it's it like I thought, thank you, God, so much. I love, love you, because they totally called me out and transformed my life. Yeah. And you think hey, 10 man. years eight to ten years of my life lost like that in a desperate situation every, every day lost desperate just looking for love looking don't not know who you are just getting worse and worse Yeah, and just being in the darkness of the world man it was desperate times so uh, is this
0: the last just is this the last time you I, went in right so the last time you went in so you're, you're in which prison you go to so
1: I went to Chelmsford this time and i always go to church when I was in jail I knew God was calling my heart in the last four to five years of my drug life um, there was a time in Chelmsford a few years back from this well I, I, I told you the other day I picked up a pocket Bible I had a pocket Bible in my in myself, and um I was just reading I think Matthew or Mark and I was reading through through the gospel I didn't understand it but I just right. remember crying remember getting emotional and and sort of crying is this bit, the first and, um, encounter with God this, yeah this well it's, it's I don't know it must have been it was an encounter an encounter of his love right because just just him laying, just everything that he did like healing, Jesus coming healing everyone and loving everyone and then we send him to the cross to you know, and then yeah, I just remember crying, and I remember getting baptized in Chelmsford Prison. I think it was on that sentence. Um, I didn't get a fully immersion; it was um, it was a sprinkle, and it was very sort of um, shall I say, religious? You know.
0: So let's touch on that sex. The last time you're in, you're in Chelmsford. By this point, had you been christened or baptized?
1: I got christened. I'd say it's christened, yeah. not baptized. But um, I'd always come. I, I when I came out from that sentence, I I got sucked back into the drug scene again. I know God did plant seeds in my heart while dead, you were inside while I was inside definitely definitely and there were some godly people there I met some godly people there that spoke to me about um, salvation and about Jesus and, and other inmates yeah yeah definitely definitely tell like me about there.
0: some of the people you met that, that turned their life to Christ when you were inside
1: so um, <clears throat> there's a guy that um, I was talking about this earlier. I can't remember his name. I wouldn't want to say his name anyway. But he came in, he was doing so I'm not going to say what he's doing, but he was in for a while and um, he was really heartbroken over the offence that. That had happened right. to quite close, to, well, really close to him, and um, I just remember him saying to me, "Get a Bible." I get, you know, and I, and I did. And I, this was the Bible that I was reading, this little pocket right. red one. And um, he was at my baptism, and he was talking to me. I, this was years ago, and I can't truly remember what he used to say to me about um, baptism, but I remember telling me to do it, and he encouraged me to go to church on a Sunday. And this is when it started. Um, this is Chelmsford going to church, but then obviously this was. The, this is like years and I'd end up in P- Bedford prison as well after this. And I remember other Christians telling me as I can't remember his name is South African guy. Yeah. And I remember him praying and laying his hands on me. And I remember he's lucky like he had hold of my spirit and he was speaking into me and um, Again, this is that I, d- I-, I, d- I didn't know that in tongues. This is in Bedford in right. prison, yeah. And he's an inmate, yeah? He's an inmate, right. yeah. And he was speaking to me in tongues and breathing on me. And uh, I didn't know what was happening then, but sure. I just knew that Holy Spirit and God was ministering to me then. And I remember in Bedford, they had a great um, team there. They used to do um, Tuesday night Bible study, or Alpha Course Bible studies. And right. uh, I remember them asking me, can we pray tongues over you? And I didn't know what that was. I thought, sure. okay. And um, yeah, it was amazing. It so was can really I great. ask... <laughs>
0: It, you know in prison w- were there many prisoners that had turned their life to God there ma- you'd were be there many I- you'd inmates? See some people um, really
1: they'd be they'd be I, I'm not sure there were there were people that did get back that, that were Christians um in there yeah um I think uh, the, I think I was the first one to get baptized in Chelmsford, believe it or not I remember Michael, wow. this guy I think I was the first one to get baptized in um, Chelmsford prison um and this is going back to like 2013 so right um because I remember going in there I think, on the sentence after, and I I bumped into Michael, the head chaplain in the prison, because they'd go over, they'd always be there. Yeah. They'd walk around wings and whatnot. And um, I remember him saying, he goes, oh, we've done two more from your first baptism. I remember him saying I was the first one. I'm sure he did. um, So I'm getting,
0: getting, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm getting the impression that God is... Moving in prison, yes, he's got. Yes, is, yeah, this, yeah.
1: is this is this what's happening? Definitely, there's some definitely on fire Christians there. There was a guy, oh Johan, his name. I sort I shouldn't say his name, but he was on fire. He used to. This is Bedford, so he was a guy. He had a big beard. um Everyone used to be like a, he's a crazy nut, but a lovable guy. And he used to preach to Jesus, Jesus. He was always happy, Amazing. always joyful. He didn't want to tell you in his cell like normal people. He didn't have like nude pictures up on his wall like nude, uh, normal people did in their cells. He was. I oh, used to have scriptures He used to write I, used to, I remember And I was like oh, Wow this guy's different um, I remember thinking God this guy's really on And that, that's like One of the first people um, I remember like Meeting that was really on fire For like full of the Holy Spirit You could just see it in him And I remember praying for me out On the exercise yard And he'd have his hand on my heart and he'd be wow. like, Michael, I can see rays of light shining through you. You're going to be used for the kingdom. And I didn't know this stuff. i never yeah. heard this stuff before. And um, I used to feel goosebumps. I remember him um, going into his cell another time as well when he anointed and prayed for me with oil. He anointed oil on my forehead. I forgot about this. And uh, he prayed for me and prayed over me. And... Yeah, but you can even see the enemy in there as well. Cause I remember coming out from that, and people they spice in prison. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's Synthetic cannabis It's nothing like cannabis. You'd smoke it and it'd put you on some mad. Um, I've heard about this spice. stuff. Oh, I've seen on and TV. I was on that in there, and uh, cause it's cheap and like loads of it in there, and uh, and it sort of just passed away the time as well. And um, so as soon as I come out from that lovely encounter and feeling peace, and people be offering me bits of this this joint and and cigarette with spice in it and yeah he's just um so for every every yeah, good encounter
0: there's, there's always
1: something th- um, no, maybe not always but for me um they, i can look back at it now and definitely see because um obviously god's got good stuff for us all you know he's got he's got good journeys for us all for his kingdom and glory and the enemy knows that as well and he was always gonna he's always gonna try and deceive you out of it to try and Blind you from it and, so do um, you, do definitely you uh, see that
0: so from 2013 you, would you say god had his hand on you, yeah, you definitely. that's when you first realized yeah. that god was walking with you and god yeah had his hand on you
1: there was something different about that sentence so um, that was bedford yeah this was chelmsford oh, so right. when i read that pocket bible um uh, the little red one uh, there was there's just something different about then I remember being on a methadone script uh, and I reduced right down to just hardly anything it was like four mil and I just remember um, you get your emotions back because with heroin it nulls you dumb dulls all your emotions and but when you come off it you get all your emotions back in it and I remember that's I remember reading the Bible and it just opened up to me that gospel there and it just touched my heart and um, uh, why would I? You know, I was crying. I don't know why. And um, but I just remember that being different. And I remember just feeling, feeling love. Feeling uh, there's something, there's something different. There's something real about Christianity and Jesus and the Bible. Just, just felt like it was something real there. And, and obviously God putting people in my life then that that knew Him. You know, and um, that yeah. you could see that it was real. Yeah. And obviously it took years after for me to. Um, to call out to God again in a desperate, desperate—it was just thought it was just either God or nothing at this stage. Uh, I think I had to get right, right, right to the end of myself, and in a police cell, um, looking at going back to prison again for the umpteenth time.
0: So, so you'd. So you cleaned up in prison, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'd always clean up in prison. Uh, You know, you could get drugs in there, but it never sort of bothered me in there. I just wanted to um, do my time and get out fit and hopefully try and not get back on that stuff. It just become like a disease, you know? I'd go in, get clean, I'd come back... Groundhog day. And get tempted back into it again. So uh, what
0: was the defining moment... You know, you, you said you've gone round and round and round the houses, mm. same result every time. Mm. You know, you'd get caught up in drugs, crime, go to prison, get clean, come out, do the same again, over and over and over again. Mm. And then you said that you 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 got arrested and you had, did you say you have an an encounter oh, wow yes so is it, was this the turning point Amazing. would you say yeah so tell us about that. so
1: i'm 38 now so this is going back three and a half years nearly four years i was just coming i just stopped doing uh, the last sentence i'd done um, a year before this, I'd come out on Text which is a blocker. It, it stops you from cold turkey, but it blocks heroin. So I used to smoke crack, but it used to do, it used to fight, it was doing my head in. So I, I left it all alone, and I started smoking cannabis. just to... Anyway, my life started becoming normal, three, four months. Just Yeah, life's getting better, but I am still shoplifting to get money. So it's just something that kept with me. And I remember getting arrested um, for an offence that I committed a couple of months before. And I just felt heartbroken. I thought, not again. I thought, life's just turning around. I felt really just devastated, to be honest with you. And uh, even the police could say, they could see that there was something different. I'd never used to feel any remorse, really. I'd just be like, right, I've got arrested. Right, get your head, get your prison head on. Yeah. Get clothes in, get ready for prison. But even they could see. And um, anyway, um, I asked for a Bible, and I don't know why even to this day, really, but I asked for a Bible to because you can ask for a bible to go into the cell with and i just remember in the cell remember in the police cell i was crying and really emotional and uh i'd literally just got in the cell and um i cried out to god and i don't know i don't know it's just uh, it's just one of them moments where it's just god if you're real i need you now do you know what i mean it's like a. I i remember saying to him i can't live like this anymore and god sees your heart and he saw my heart at that moment and um and he spoke to me and he's so amazing in a loving, beautiful voice that only he can say. And um, he said to me, I've got you, my child, in such a loving, beautiful way that only, and, and I felt such a peace and a love. And, um, That's and pretty it's amazing. hard to know, the, the it's bringing up your emotions now, but I just cried my eyes out and I said, like, oh God, thank you. It's just like, you know, you're real at one hand and, and, and on the other hand, thank you for, us just just, yeah and uh, I, and he followed it up with a miracle I got bail and Amen. Uh, for any of you that know I was in breach of two suspended sentences which means you don't get bail as soon as you're on one suspended sentence if you commit an offence on that and you, you get arrested for anything you go you're guaranteed to go to prison I was in breach of two Should, and I, shouldn't and I have happened missed. no no and the police bailed me and um, I was like right god I, I think they give me four months till I had to go back to court and it was like a test I think Yeah. and I was like god that's it I'm laying it all down now I want to know you (laughs) yeah I just knew I was different it's it's hard to explain it's like a God spoke something to me then in my heart that hasn't gone and and it is true so at that
0: point then so you've come out you're on bail you've got four months is that when we started seeing you at community church?
1: Definitely. I think it was a month later that right, I, um, okay. I stepped in. Because so, when I was in prison before, they asked, they'd always say, the church would say, let's find a good church for you to go to for when you're outside. Right. And the community center or community centre of church would come up and they'd be like, oh, we can go there. I knew about it. I'd walked past it once or twice. And uh, Who advised you to go there then? The chaplaincy at the prison. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that. They, Yeah, I've only just remembered now, to be honest. And uh, they i remember and um i just remember seeing because i used to watch these uh joel alstein um in in texas uh houston he used to preach love and truth and he's he used to christ to cry in my eyes and feel the love of god then and um he said to me i remember him saying he says every sermon um uh, get into a bible-based church and i yeah. just remember god putting that in we my love heart. a bit of joel yeah <laughs> Lord, and um, yeah, come on. We went there, and um, I think you, I remember seeing you in there actually. <laughs> I remember you smiling, I remember catching your eye once. I used to sit in the corner <laughs> where the welcome table is now, and I, I was looking over and because I, yeah, and I remember catching your eye and you were smiling. And it looked, I don't know, yeah, it just it's amazing, isn't it? It is, it? Really? <laughs> it just, yeah, felt love. You just see love, you see the it's uh, you feel and see true love, um what
0: i what i remember of you when you came which and i thought this was so refreshing and even you do it to this day which is amazing that you you didn't shrink away you went straight down to the front you'd always (laughs) and even to this day you do this you sit on the front row (laughs) on fire for god you know Mm. look at me i'm in love with jesus and that is such an admirable trait that's
1: god's working in me and I don't know why I do that maybe that's it's brilliant though it's yeah. brilliant
0: I love yeah. the fact that you guys do you know what I mean a lot of you guys you just you yeah. go down to the front and you 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 pin your declaration to the to the cross do you know what yeah. I mean Come metaphorically on. it's and so it's, real
1: though it's so real and that's why we're doing this now because like, we do live in a fallen world and um, God is true and true love. And it's, the more you get to know his love and experience his love, it's, it's just amazing. And um, just keep focused on that, you know. There is goodness
0: and, and love as I much th- as the world gets dark. I think you're a walking miracle. To be honest with you, Michael, it was only really crystal clear come home to me when we went to the bank that time. We went to the bank and we were, you know, we were sorting your finances. Oh, yes, and you mate, give me that file... Yes yes and i could see you sat with the uh, financial advisor sorting your sorting your life out yes and you gave me that file and i was looking through it and there was just pages and pages there was pages and pages and pages of criminal offense after criminal offense after criminal offense yeah
1: and uh thank you lord and even my thank you and, and thank you like my family see it as well and there's there's there, i couldn't do it myself that's why I, that's why we're doing this because i could I, I always tried but i couldn't do it you know i'm good it took god to speak to my heart in that moment
0: mate in that moment it's i just a miracle and praise you lord i could see in black and white how mm. god did something that nobody else could yeah, do he you. he intervened where nobody else was going to be able to do it mm. and this is what this show is about it's about how god does what we can't do. The miraculous.
1: Doesn't matter what you've been through or how hurt you are. He he can heal you straight away. Bit by bit. You know,
0: he knows, he knows. So you're free from a life of crime now. You you have been for four years. Yes. You're doing well. You're working. You've got a plan. Where do you feel God is leading you?
1: I'd love to. I'll, I'll obviously we are walking talking testimonies of our loving saving God. you know who's who's totally pulled me out of a pit of misery darkness for years and years torment um and i want to always keep focused on him and know his love more and more i want to he's renewing me more and more there's more i look back at even my christian life now is i can see how he's like growing love in my heart because all the hate that Grows in your heart in those dark years of life. He renews that, and. Um, Amen. And now I want to, I want this to just be a shining light, which is what I'm sure he wants me to do. I want to, I do want to go into prisons and just speak to them how I was and how God, how I heard God and God is real. And anyone can do this. It doesn't matter how low you've gone or, you know, how much you've messed up or you think you've messed up and whatnot, how lost you are. Just God sees your heart and he saw my heart and totally spoke and transformed me. And he, he wants that for everyone. And, um, we have the enemy in this world that, doesn't want that and he yeah. tries blinding everyone to that and um but i th-
0: I think you're a living example of how he left the 99 for the one oh. it says it in the scriptures that yes. the good shepherd would leave the 99 to, to, to the find world. the one and you i what think a loving
1: daddy that is doesn't matter how bad you are exactly. and how unworthy you feel i love the prodigal child as well you know he it's like me, left home, he wanted to go and live it up, parties, women, all sorts, drugs and that. And um, when he'd had enough and got right to the end like I was in a pit, he called out, he wanted to come home and and it says in the scripture, you know, God see him from a mile off like he did me in that police cell that that day and he he, he come running. <laughs> he come running and got me and picked me out of that, <laughs> and called me out of that police cell and got me home. Yeah, so man. as
0: we wrap up this, this episode, Mm. What practical advice would you have for one people who are gripped with drug addiction and two people who are caught in a, a cycle of crime?
1: Right. So with drug addiction, for me, with heroin and that, get yourself on prescription. They do help, and and just. Try and stop. It's, it's, it's easier said than done, but stop, stop doing it. Get yourself. There are prescriptions out there, methadone or subitex I'd, I'd say subutex. It blocks heroin, even if you do use it. Um, go on subitex so you can not use it. But there, you just, it's just, it's, it's a lie. You're basically taking a lie. You're trying to, you're taking that drug because one, it's all you know at the moment, and 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 two, it's filling a a, a, a hole in your heart that only God can fill. Amen. And um God sees your heart and it doesn't matter if you're really in the middle of it. Just 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 pray, pray. I pray for you now that um that God sees your heart and you, you, you turn your heart to God and you ask him to to take that from you and to fill your heart and call you out of the pit like he did me, you know, and uh and yeah, maybe it happen straight away, maybe it happened a few weeks or months down the road or years, but yeah, you know when he when he's calling you. It took years for me. He was calling me. I can look back now, and it, t- it took years. But you know, you just have hope. And um, what
0: about the guys in prison? What would you say to pe- oh, anybody oh, yeah. who'd be listening to this from their prison cell? So if you're in prison,
1: yeah, there's I know in every prison in in England and in America there are chaplaincy team and they, and Brilliant. they and they are loving people and they. They, they represent Jesus and go there, go there and feel the love of God that he has for you. He is the real father, he's your father, he created you, your soul, your spirit, your heart, he's your true father and I, I, I'd i say go and get to know your, your true father and, um, and, and get to know the truth of Jesus Christ which is not a religion, it's a relationship with God. And he sets you free, gives you a new, new identity, a new, a new meaning for life, which is true and fulfilling. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a gangster making loads of money, selling drugs, you know, right at the top of the game. You're not. You're just going to end up in prison again and again and again, and it's just a cycle. So, um, yeah, get, get God's pray to God to break them chains off you and um, come to the freedom of uh, of the gospel, which is in Jesus Christ.
0: Well, Michael. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony. It's been a Thank, pleasure. thank you for being vulnerable, being authentic, being yes. sharing with us the life you've led so far and the life you're you're looking to lead in the future. I'll Glorious repeat it again. It's an amazing miracle and that's what this show is about. It's and, about uh, breathing hope into people yes. that feel lost and down and out and we just want to the opportunity to reach out to us we have a website you can get hold of us on www.loom.org.uk if you want to talk about any of the things that we we've discussed today uh, we have a community group that meets on a tuesday in bishop's store community church Uh, if you're in the local area um, but we're going to continue doing these podcast shows um, and yeah we just Just thank you for listening today and we'll see you next time. Amen. Amen.